The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who follow it. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmony sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And good morning, every everyone. <laughs> Boy, I'm a little off here. I'm back and forth in things. Welcome to the Sons of Liberty show. Uh, here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so, sonsoflibertyradio.com and also sonsoflibertymedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com. And there you're going to see two videos at the top of the page. The first one on the left is an education video from Bradley. Uh, he, I think, was on the road yesterday. No, the internet went out or something like that. He'll probably tell you about it today um, at the house. And then it came back on right as the radio show was ending. So it was really odd. Uh, but in any case, if you want to watch that education video, it's up on the left side. And he should be with you for two hours today. Uh, Lord willing, no problems there that keep him from streaming. On the right side of the page is where we're at. Uh, click on the play button, blow it up on whatever device you've got. And then the bottom right-hand corner, you're going to see a rumble icon. Click on that, and you can join us in the chat on 
Rumble. Um, also, right up under that, or excuse me, we're also streaming to Rumble at Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Also, beforeitsnews.com, top of the page there. DLive.tv at The Sons of Liberty, variety of pages that ha- bear my uh, name on Facebook, personal and public. Uh, you can catch me on. And I'm sorry that it started a little late. I hit the, the stream button. I was looking and there's nobody in the chat and there's nothing going on. And apparently it went through the cycle and it didn't connect. And I was busy doing other things with it. So we were a little late starting that, but uh, we got it going now. Uh, also, Twitch at the Real Tim Brown. And then if you're on Twitter and you want to catch the live feed there, it's the Real Tim Brow. Leave the N off and add a number two there and you're good to go. Uh, at that. While you're at SonsLibertyMedia.com, sign up for our email newsletter. Those go out between 7 and 8 o'clock in the evening. Uh, you can uh, access that through there. If you want our ministry email, that goes out on Saturdays, usually in the afternoon. We actually got it done early this week, which was great, so I've already got it scheduled. So 1 o'clock, it goes out today. If you want that, go to SonsOfLibertyRadio.com. That'll tell you what's going on in the ministry here. Uh, you'll get some Exclusive content, some images, you'll get Bradley's column for the week, and then you'll also get uh, whatever the special is. Uh, By the way, this week we are highlighting in our store the What is the Price t-shirt. Now, this is a very popular t-shirt here at the Sons of Liberty. On the front it says, What is the Price of Your Freedom? Ask a Veteran. And then on the back it says, What is the Price of Your Redemption? Ask the Son of God. And these are pretty popular. Normally a donation of $20 this week only, no promo code, through midnight tonight, Saturday night. Uh, you can get these for $18. You don't have to enter a promo code. Just throw it in your cart, and you're good to go. And then finally, if you would like to help us out, you agree with our message, uh, there's a donate button at the top of sonsoflibertymedia.com. Click on that and make a one-time donation. Or you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of liberty. And guys, again, I can't express to you the appreciation we have because you keep us uh, things taken care of for us so that we can give our, ourselves to the time to do the things that we do. And so we really do appreciate you guys very much. Uh, if look, if we have to go do regular uh, the jobs like I used to do before, we can't do as much here. And so it's not that I'm opposed to doing those things, but thank you for keeping us out there and doing what we're doing. Now, I want to bring this up real quickly before we bring our guests on this morning. Yesterday, we had uh, Pastor Andy Webb on uh, just across the line from me in a place down there near Fort Bragg in Fayetteville. Uh, where I used to do quite a bit of work. I actually worked on Fort Bragg. Uh, Some of the newer buildings they were putting up, oh, that was more than a decade ago, but they were newer then, and uh, installing some fire alarms and stuff like that. And so uh, Pastor Webb was talking about his experience in Freemasonry and such. And you know what I got immediately following the show on that? This is what I got, this little video here. It's Google's Android Studio. And look at the, well, you guys on the radio can't see it, but it is the, it is the compass. Uh, you know, we, we had the compass and the, um, I'm going to pause it here. We had the compass and the, um, the square, you know, with the big G in it from there. And these are, these are some of the things that they, they've used, some of the symbology of uh, what's going on within there. So we're not that far off, guys. Uh, I know it sounds kooky to some people, uh, but here's the thing. I don't do it to somehow extol Freemasonry. I don't want you to know more about Freemasonry than you know about the Bible. That's not what the intent of it is. It is to expose the work of darkness, Ephesians 5.11. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to call them out. We're supposed to expose them for what they are. And that's what yesterday's show was about. There are many people who are caught up into Freemasonry. Uh, Some of them are ignorant of what it's actually doing. 
but many of them call themselves Christians and how it's incompatible to be in a secret society, whether it's Freemasonry, it's incompatible to be in a secret society and claim that you're a Christian. It's, it's, it's incompatible. You don't do that. Did Jesus, was Jesus part of a secret society? No, he said, I was with you daily in the temple. Remember when they came to get him with sticks and clubs? Yeah, Judas is going to sell him out. He said, I was with you in the temple. I did everything in the light of day. And you're coming to me at night with sticks and clubs? What's wrong with you guys? And they did that because they were fearful of the people, the Bible says, because the people loved Jesus. They loved what he was doing. He was healing them. He was teaching them. He was refuting what these religious leaders had told them. And they loved him for it. They loved him for it. Now, they they were stirred up and they were easily manipulated. Don't get me wrong, but... At least at that time, that's the way they were. So I just kind of wanted to show you that, uh, some of these symbols. You guys listen on the radio, you can see it in the archive. Now, somebody asked me, where's the archive? I don't have a button on sonsoflibertymedia.com that says archive, okay? I don't do that. But here's what you can do. You find the video title, you go to sonsoflibertymedia.com, copy that title, slap it in the search, and you should find the archive of it, okay? It'll have the video, it'll have the podcast, it'll have... Any videos we put up there, bonus videos too. By the way, I have added a couple that you'll get today. I mentioned yesterday, um, <clears throat> and you can you can see these now. Two of these I produced when I was with Nicene Council. Monkey in the middle. Both are by um, Dr. Gary North. He passed away earlier this year. Uh, Monkey in the middle is this deals with the whole issue of how evolution got into schools. Uh, we the deceived. It gives you some background into a lot of influence. Uh, into the founding, and I'm talking about the founding as in 1776, some of the the mindsets of some other people who had influence over founding fathers uh, at that time. Um, So you can can check all those out. I'll have those in the bonus videos uh, later today. And I think I actually put some of these in yesterday's. There's so much that goes on, I can't remember if I did, did it or not. Now, before we get it, before I introduce our guest real quickly, Two things, and these will probably be tied into what we're going to talk about today. This was from yesterday. Ineffective, even after allegedly, I should have put allegedly, five shots, right? Because we know Walensky didn't take these shots. CDC Director Walensky, who claimed, remember she claimed that they were safe and they were effective. Effective at what? Well, she was saying, no transmission, you're not going to get sick, blah, 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 blah. Now they're changing their tune. they got a new dance to go to. She claims infection with the convids. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then we've got this. COVID tests and vaccines delivering a hybrid biotech weapon activated by 5G. Oh, you know, Kate's going to love this. She's going to love this one. Uh, activated by 5G, fiber optics, and light. Imagine that. Now, ah, it's Saturday. Good morning, Kate. Good morning, Neil McRae. We're ha- glad to have you guys back. Uh, and, uh, you know, Neil, I got your name right. I didn't, I didn't mess it up. I did remember the correction from last time. And uh, I was telling uh, Neil before the show, I said, it was funny. I had just seen your face like Thursday or Friday from the Jeff Wyatt thing, uh, the, the memorial there. And I thought, wow, we ought to have Neil back on. And then Kate sends me a message going, we're going to have Neil McRae back on on Saturday. So good morning, guys. Great to have you. Good morning. First of all, it's Dr. Neil McRae. Doctor. Hang on. He does indeed have a PhD. <laughs> Unlike the doctors that go through medical school, that is just an honorary title. They don't have a doctorate in this mm. country. 
So, so you don't have to call them doctor, uh, but Dr. Nal McRae does have a PhD. So he's earned that title. And uh, before I hand over to him, uh, I don't like to say I told you so, but how long have I been saying that what's in those vaccines will be activated? And everybody laughed at me. They laughed at me when I said it, but I was privy to some information very early on by a guy who'd been working on this in America who found me on YouTube because I was one of the first out of the frog box. And um, and there we are. And your piece of scripture that you just talked about, you know, coming at you with spears and sticks, they don't need to do that. No, 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 because the merchants are coming at us with their sorcery, hmm. their pharmacia. And they've got half the nation taking it themselves. And when they get sick, be it from the flu shot, they're opening war rooms in this country. They've just bought a big bolus dose of lorazepam so that they can kill them all over again like they did with the morphine and midazolam. And what has come out about the paracetamol is chilling. I've just sent you a four-something-minute video, Tim, which would be great if you could play it on the show. Um I can tell you now, we no longer have a national patient safety agency, and it was stopped by the Tory government in 2012. And they were absolutely instrumental in protecting patients against exactly this. And Liz Truss, yes, you heard that right. She did a deal in the Indian government stopped allowing their um, paracetamol to come out of India during the, uh, the COVID she was instrumental in opening up that trade channel again. And this Atlantic Pharmaceuticals in Georgia uh, have this contaminated paracetamol. I can't remember the exact amount. Stuart Wilkie, the Olympic skier who I interviewed, he's the most amazing researcher. He was a medical researcher and he's turned into helping me masses. Um, he alerted me to all of it. And she, um, she opened up that trade this, I think it's something like over 24% of the paracetamol is contaminated. It's already mm. killed children. It's already killed children. They found the contaminated paracetamol in Georgia. And we have also purchased, I mean, it's staggering. Um, just let me find this. We have purchased, um, here we are. We purchased 2.8 million packets came into the UK from India and following the baby deaths from contaminated paracetamol in a cough medicine. So all the all of it needs to be stopped. And um, this contaminated paracetamol on the world market, which has already in fact killed babies on two continents in India and Africa. One of the named firms is Atlantic Pharmaceuticals, which is based in Georgia in the USA. Um, but we've also found one in Norwich and Cambridge. We've got them here, Dr. McRae. Furthermore, three Indian firms, generic supplies of paracetamol worldwide, um, the baby death scandal, are now open to trade in Britain as well, following a trade deal set up by Liz Truss before she became prime minister. Hence, Britain is now exposed to the contaminated drug and it needs to be investigated. And remember, we don't have that National Patient Safety, Safety Agency. That's gone. Now, we wouldn't, uh, nurses, I think they're proving to us that the majority of them right now have left their brains somewhere in 2020, early on, because of what's actually happening now. It's a terrible um, place to be when your brains are in someone else's head. It is. And, and, you know, she not only added 
<laughs> Liz Truss not only added 330 billion to our debt of 2.37 trillion to 2.7 trillion in her PM role, but in her foreign commonwealth and development role, she opened Britain to paracetamol trade with no safety agency in situ. She did that in less than two months? Yep, and as this was before, wow. and as the MHRA is unfit to practice following the French Medazolam scandal, where packets of Medazolam came to the UK and the inserts were in French and it's on the box in French, that means no doctor or nurse should have given that because everybody in that chain of command down from the pharmacist to bringing it onto the ward, um, it has to be checked with a registered nurse. The doctor that's then looking at it, the nurse, the two registers nurses that are signing for it to prescribe it, the nurses that are checking it as each shift change, unless they're all fluent in French, they shouldn't have even given that, should they, Dr. McRae? That's not following their safe administration of medicines, their scope of professional practice, and it's certainly breaking their code. So I know you little trolls out there like to watch this. Guess what? We know your names on all those controlled drug books. You've signed it all and we're coming for you. And I said that right in the beginning in 2020. There's a paper trail and they're going to look for the four guys and it's going to be you. So now we've got, I don't believe that any of this is um, uh, by accident. They just happened to open this up for uh, paracetamol. I don't believe it's by accident that the Tory government shut that down in 2012. Because if we look at where Jeremy Hunt came in, and this insignis report that was signed with this preparedness of what they were going to do in a pandemic and how they uh, were going to sacrifice the elderly. Um, I believe that this is all planned. They don't make mistakes. Their only mistake is thinking that we are stupid and we're not. So um, Dr. McRae's took up the, uh, the chalice, which is great. And uh, he's been rolling with it because he writes really good articles. So he's in there as well now writing about it. Amen. Because the um, the morphine and medazolam is is so horrific. And myself and John Alooney, who's been on your show, um, John has been um, sending me many, many nurses. And they're all going to be gone. And radiographers, there's all kinds of receptionists in there. And I've spoken to a few of them. Oh, you tell you what, you have to have a strong stomach for what they're seeing. It is so frightening. One of them said to me that the anaesthetist where she works, he said to her, I know, I know it's happening. I can see it, but I, I, I can't do anything about it. I just don't want to talk. about. I just want to keep my head down. And uh, this is an interesting state. So I'm just going to finish with this and then I'm going to hand over to Dr. McRae. What's really interesting here is, what we're seeing now in the UK, they're using terms in the in the media and in the NHS. They, they're saying that this winter they are expecting huge levels of COVID and flu. Well, that's nothing new. You get huge levels of flu every year. I remember one year we was, they were resuscitating on the floor where I was working. They'd run out of trolleys. Um, we always have flu. Apart from the first year of COVID and flu decided not to come out for the theatre that year. It just disappeared. Um, but... They're expecting it. And they are saying to staff, again, they're getting redeployed. Redeployed is a wartime statement. You're being redeployed. Yep. When Dr. McRae and I worked on the wards, um, if they had uh, not enough staff on one ward and you were low on another, you would be moved. It's really simple. You were getting moved to another ward 
to help out for the shift. You're getting moved to such and such to help out. You weren't being redeployed. And now they're saying that the hospitals and all of the across the country, we're going to be opening war rooms. W-A-R, war rooms. And you read deeper into what they're going to be doing. But if you look at Action T4 in Nazi times, where everything was suddenly legal, although it wasn't, that's why many of them were hanged, they they believed what they were doing was correct, which is why they kept meticulous records. As you know, I sent you the articles, Tim. They even decapitated in 80 town halls. They had guillotines in the basements and they were decapitating their own elderly and disabled. And they decapitated a 17-year-old girl for handing out leaflets against the Nazi regime. Their own people. We've killed more than that, actually, that they killed in four years in one year in the UK. So... What they're using is this terminology because what does it do psychologically? It makes you accept the unacceptable because you believe that you are in unprecedented times. So I'm going to hand over to Dr. McRae as well now because he's far more knowledgeable on all of this than me because he's... Can I add something there? I'd like for for Neil, maybe uh, you can answer uh, some of what's going on here. And may, may, you, I'm sure you've read this in the states, even though you're there in England. We just had a report out this week about uh, Boston College developing some kind of coronavirus uh, that's 80 percent deadly in mice. And we also, at the same time, have the FBI, the Unconstitutional Unlawful Thug Organization. They're a gang. That's what they are, people. Don't tell me about good people in the FBI. And the reason I'm going to say it is, if the FBI is unconstitutional and unlawful, then everybody working in it is unconstitutional and unlawful. That means they're lawless. That means they're breaking the law by being there. They are giving bonuses out for going after quote-unquote, domestic terrorists. Among them are people like who showed up at January 6, 2020 and doing what they're doing. But they're not going to Boston College who are developing what I would consider a bioweapon that is, you know, we used to use the term weapons of mass destruction. If it's killing 80% of the mice, what's it going to do to humans if that gets out? And we know the Deagle report said, you know, our this guy was uh, proposing our population by 2023 or 2025, whichever one it was, was going down to like less than 100 million people from 320-something million people at that time. How would that fit into what you're seeing over there in the England as you address what Kate has put before you too? Can I just, can I just slot in something here? On the uh, 27th of October, 2022, the public were advised to treat the COVID vaccine side effects with paracetamol. Wow. Oh, my word. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so what, what do you make of all of that, Neil? Uh, well, on the mice experiments in Boston, I would suggest uh, to you and all your audience to uh, beware, uh, not so much about the the, the, the deadly risk of this um, virus they're supposedly creating. But I would suggest that this is a scare tactic. Mm. I don't believe this gain-of-function research. Um, I, I was fooled by it. So I, I went through um, t- two stages, really, with my uh, COVID scepticism. 
So I knew straight away that uh, I smelt a rat straight away. Uh, and I thought for the probably about the first eight or nine months that that this was a deliberate leak um, from the gain of function research that they were doing in Wuhan. I used to think, well, you know, what a coincidence that uh, uh, in this same city that there's this institute doing this research funded by the, Amer the um, American uh, uh, CDC, uh, sorry, the National Institutes of Health, I think it was. Uh, it, it seemed to me that that was the most likely story. There wasn't somebody eating bat soup in a, in a, in a market in, in, in the center of Wuhan. Surely it's more likely that this was a, a, an accidental or, or deliberate uh, leak. However, I started to have second thoughts about that because <laughs> what were they off these people that have organized this plan-demic, are very clever. This is the work of geniuses, psychopathic geniuses, mm -hmm. but we have to admire um, the skill. Devils. Um, incredible, uh, uh, detailed planning that's gone into this. And of course, one of the biggest things that they had to prepare for was, if not the biggest of all, was how would the public perceive um, this uh, uh, COVID-19 um, outbreak? How would they perceive it? Would they believe it? Uh, would they be sufficiently scared by it? What explanations might they come up with? And of course, the Wuhan Institute of Virology was, um, was there as a ready thing for skeptics to focus on. So uh, I believe that I was one of many people on the skeptical side who were fooled by this gain of function research in, in Wuhan, who were fooled into believing that it was a leak from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And the purpose, mm. the whole reason why this um, pandemic started in Wuhan was because people like me would be fooled. And that was that was that was quite really quite successful, I think. Now, Neil, can I ask you something about that? Would you say when you're when you're saying that you were fooled, would you say that you would agree with Kate? Kate lost a you know a job. I, I shouldn't even say a job, a spot. They weren't paying you. You went there because you love people. You want to help people. She lost a spot in the radio because the same city that's this quote unquote putting out the alleged SARS-CoV-2. Uh, is also the same city where they rolled out the 5G. Do you think that was really the effect ultimately was they knew that was coming and they had the shots ready so they could make a lot of money, so they could cull the herd, so to speak, because we're talking about that with the elderly here. Do you think that was really the ploy, a depopulation agenda that was that they say, well, look at look over here in my left hand while I do the trick in my right hand? Yeah. So let, let me let me come to the depopulation uh, in a second. But first, just to quickly finish off about what the, the Wuhan gain of function research um, uh, as the real reason or what, what they thought people would think is the real reason for the, the, the pandemic. What they did by fooling people into that was they got skeptics like me to validate the existence of a virus that does not exist. A virus that is a PCR 
test fraud, a virus that is rebranded influenza. You know, where, where on earth did influenza go? It just suddenly disappeared? A likely story, come on. So th th this is why they, they used this Wuhan Institute of Virology, because it would mean that even skeptics, even the people who are not going along with the official narrative, the dissidents, are supporting the, do you see? They're supporting the existence yep. of the narrative. And and you, you'll see this still in many mm. of the more kind of uh, the, the, the more um, uh, mainstream kind of oriented skeptics like Toby Young, for example. Um, they, they, they will actually bar anyone yeah. from daily skeptics if they're a COVID denier. Now, uh, I think Toby's beginning to, I've had several things published on The Daily Skeptic, but I think even uh, Toby's even probably sister, worrying a bit, you know, uh, am I going down that, that, that track? Sorry, Kate, you were going to say something? Oh. Yeah, his, own sister, his own sister died following a vaccine. Mm. She, she was young and she... Yeah. Yeah. she was young and she had the she had the injection and she died now who's to say it's well, never come out public or make assumptions and we so, don't know for sure but he doesn't even mention it yeah well i mean let, let me go on to the second part of um tim's question which was about uh depopulation and uh, uh kate here was warning about the vaccines being a tool for depopulation right at the outset, even before the vaccines um, came out. And and some of us probably uh, thought that was, um, <laughs> a lot of people thought it was far-fetched, yeah? Yes. And, 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 and probably a bit uh, too aggressive a point uh, to make. Now, I think that when they brought out the vaccines, whatever their purpose was, whatever their, their, their dastardly motives were, they couldn't kill too many people. The, these vaccines couldn't be too obviously deadly because people would just stop taking them. Now, Sorry. the problem with the healthcare professionals, Tim, the people who we really rely on to look after our health and to protect us from harmful uh, medicines, the, many of those healthcare professionals, and I'm talking about people I, I know, including my own family members who are in, in healthcare, is they don't really do numbers. They're not statisticians, right? Now, take, for example, my sister is a midwife in an extremely busy central London maternity hospital, which deals with um, specialist cases from around the country, as well as its local catchment area. So they're always busy. Now, there is consistent data coming out around the world now that there's been a significant reduction in births. We're talking about uh, 10 to 15% lower than expected. The problem with that sort of number in terms of waking people up is if you're a midwife, then having nine beds occupied in your unit rather than 10 doesn't really make enough difference if you're not a numbers person 
it doesn't make quite enough difference. But the other thing is, is even if they do notice that they're, even if they do read their own data showing that they've had a reduction in the number of, of, of um, pregnant women coming in, is that they will attribute it to COVID. They will say, oh, well, fewer people were having babies because of the lockdown and that sort of thing. So they've got these ready-made um, reasons that will deflect people from the reality of what's going on. So is it a, are these vaccines a depopulation device? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm very cautious in what I say about that. I don't tend to use the word bioweapon, but it is now very clear that the likes of Kate and Dolores Cahill were correct, that these vaccines would result in a large amount of loss of life. Yep. Uh, both people dying after having the vaccines and a reduction in births with an increase in miscarriages and stillbirths. So clearly there is something very bad um, going on. And the question for me, and it's a question that that we need more people to be asking, is what do they really want to do to us with these um, with these injections? Yeah. Neil, I, I got a question in the chat here. This comes from Lindsay. Uh, and I believe Lindsay is over in England, too, I, I think. Uh, and she asked, uh, ask Kate or, or Dr. Neil if they've ever heard of Brown's gas. And if so, what their thoughts on it are. I, I don't know how that's tied with this, but that's a question that comes in the chat. You need to, you want to address that? Somebody's just asked me about that yesterday. Huh. Um, about So um, just let me see, because I had something on it. Somebody asked me about that. Um it Just was probably say, Lindsay. <laughs> yeah. Um, hi, it, um, hydrogen for health, Brown's gas machines. That's what it is. Because, of course, you know, we're talking about um, hydrogen peroxide intravenously, colloidal silver, you nebulize it. You can do uh, ozone therapy. You can do it. Um, you know, you can do that. You can also do ozone therapy rectally in, in, in via an enema. Brown's gas, it's hydrogen. Um all of these things, anything that's there, I, I've always, I've come to the assumption now that if, if it was, if it's natural, this it's here for a reason. Yes. And if you, if you read all the literature, even about um, smallpox, the people that worked in the fields with the cinnamon, they didn't get it because smallpox actually is one of the treatments. It's really quite in, incredible. What Dr. McRae was saying there about um, the births, the births going down and the nurses not noticing. Um, I was uh, on um, Ashdown Forest. I may as well say it because I mean, the police have printed my address and everybody else has. So, I mean, I can't hide forever. Everybody kind of knows. So I was on Ashdown Forest. Uh, we were there really early this morning for several hours, but we, we were there last Sunday, really early in the morning at sunup and Ashdown Forest. And we met the um, Lowland Rescue. So you have Highland Rescue, and these were the Lowland Rescue, and they work closely with the police, with the, li the, the lifeboats, and they work with the air rescue. So they were doing like training. So I thought, oh, I was, every interaction, I always like to ask questions and learn something, basically because I'm a bit of a voyeur. And I said, 
Have you noticed a difference since 2020? Because they've been doing it for years. And he straight away said, and, and Katrina was with me, so she'll vouch for this. He said, oh, yes, yes. And I said, what's the difference? He said, well, we used to pick up lots of dementia people. You know, they perished, they died, or they were just in a poor state. They'd lost people with dementia and Alzheimer's. And he says, we don't see that at all anymore. He said, they must have all died of COVID. And I said, no, they've been murdered by the system. And I said, so what are you seeing? He said, we're seeing suicides now of teenagers and young adults. Because, of course, in the UK, um, uh, depression and psychiatric disorders has gone up 600% in the young. And I think in Sussex alone, it was something like over 50%. Do you think, that's, beca- do you think that's because of the lockdowns and the fear mongering and I, the mind control that's going on there? I think it's a combination of that. But ultimately, the lockdown, the fear mongering, what that's led to is this... Um, dread feeling of dread like the red army use in their torture tactic disability dependence in dread and they don't know and one of the things about humans is we like to know we like to know what our plans are we like to know what we're doing if you put someone in a state of chaos it will cause extreme anxiety so what's happening is there's been and this is dr mccray's view there's been an exponential increase in the prescribing of black box which they are these all these psychiatric drugs are black box means they're very dangerous Um, prescribing of antidepressants in the young. So they're being prescribed these um, antipsychotropic drugs and all sorts. And that in turn, in that first three weeks, increases the risk of suicide. And uh, this is what, and I've had, we, of course, we've had Dr. Ali on who said all this, who is a psychiatrist here, But that is what he said. So just stating the facts, they've seen an increase in suicides in teenagers and young adults, and they haven't seen any more dementia patients, which they've already seen for years. So if one was to look at both those bare facts, it kind of gives us a picture of what's going on. Yeah. Neil, um, what do you, what do you, what do you make out of that? You're, you're talking about, here's the thing. You're, you're talking about uh, stuff like that even you were fooled. Uh, in some of this stuff, and and you're sort of on the front line. You're you're a guy who's done your research and stuff like this. That you're sort of fooled. I, as an American, um, actually a South Carolinian living in the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, uh, one of the things is is this: is you you have uh, I have a problem with them taking m- money that's really printed off our backs and our children's backs and putting it over into a into a foreign country that they tell us is our enemy communist china into this gain of function in the first place but they're using it sort of what you're telling people is they're using it as a diversion and we were saying this before that even the alternative media was buying into this chinese leak of this that and the other and again you know, I, I reference back to Kate because I do have her video that was pulled. that was seen by millions of people. She lost the, the spot she had on the radio. Thank God for that because she's been here with us at the Sons of Liberty and been a, a tremendous blessing not only to me but to the people. I hear it weekly uh, from the people about the information she gives because she loves people. Uh, and she loves the Lord, too. And, and loving the Lord is first and foremost before you can actually love people. So I, I'm glad that she's there. But the 5G stuff, I, I keep going back to that because I'm not hearing that talk about it anymore. 
it's kind of went away. And uh, Suzanne uh, Hamner, who writes for us, has pointed out, you know, they're they're treating people with things that you treat parasites with, not quote unquote viruses. And again, the screen is froze up here, but I'm at the point where uh, it's activating the parasites. Celeste Salon told me they spray you with it, which is why they're chemtrailing. Okay. And they spray yeah. you with it. They inject it into you as well. And then this is activated by, and don't forget, graphene is active at what, 26, 28 gigahertz? Mm. You can move graphene. Well, that's one of the frequencies in 5G. And 5G is, is you know, like up to 60 gigahertz. 90 gigahertz is the growler that takes out all physiological and neurological life that the military use. So yeah. if they're well, activating viruses, that would, that would, yeah. count. I mean, I, I, I've no doubt that the um, the american deep state is putting a lot of resources into bio labs around the world i mean that they were shown up in ukraine weren't they mm-hmm. i've got yeah. no doubt yeah. that they for, for almost two involved. decades at least neil for almost two yeah, decades I've, I've got no doubt that they're involved in developing bioweapons they'll have been doing it for a long time and, and the, the chinese have been doing it too uh, the gain-of-function viral research, though, I think we need to be very sceptical about it. I think the main purpose of this so-called gain-of-function research into um, coronaviruses is to scare people. Um, and It's a mind-control uh, tactic, is that what you would say? A mind-control tactic? Yeah, I agree. Yep. I absolutely because agree. By scaring people... And, you know, they've put out this story now that you mentioned, Tim, about this uh, killer coronavirus, the man-made product in in, in Boston. It's all to scare people. And the the idea, of course, is that this deadly virus developed in a very, very safe laboratory in, in Boston will be okay, but once the technology's there, some rogue states might start doing work on the similar thing. And it's, it's, it's all about scaring people. And by scaring people, they can get people to carry on taking the injections. Now, I think there's two possibilities with the, the purpose of the, the, the COVID-19 injections. Well, there's three possibilities. One is that they're, they're doing what they're, people are told they're doing that they're uh, an inoculation against SARS-CoV-2. Well, we know that that is nonsense, right? You, you, you would have to really ha- have your head in the sand to still believe that. And, and sadly, uh, a large number of people do still believe it, including many doctors and nurses who should know better. But the other two reasons are, of course, very m- more, more sinister. And one of those is that uh, is is slightly is less sinister than the other, right? So the first one is that using nanotechnology, they are putting enough uh, uh, of the graphene oxide or whatever is needed to be transmissible, uh, you know, to, to re- you know to receive uh, messages and possibly two-way communication with five G systems, right? And that that that, that is uh, what what's happening. That's why they need people to t- keep taking uh, these the, these vaccines, and they're being marketed as messenger RNA 
vaccines, um, which of course does something similar to what the gain of function research uh, story does. It makes people like skeptics think about the genetic um, harm that can be caused. And, and sure, there may be some real genetic harm that caused by these injections, but it gets people to focus on that. Whereas perhaps the real reason for these injections is to build up the, um, uh, the, the graphene oxide so that people can be fully hooked up to 5G systems and then we get into the whole transhumanist agenda. But the second reason, uh, which is very, very dark indeed, is that these vaccines are a depopulation device. And if they're a depopulation device, then the kind of numbers that we're talking about at the moment, so a, a 10 to 15% reduction in births and uh, about 15 to 20% uh, excess mortality, those are the kind of numbers that you would expect um, um, the, the evil sort of powers that be to they couldn't go much higher than that without people getting yep. very very concerned because it would become too noticeable even to normies neil would you so, say that 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 and i'm going to do this just so i can uh, fix things and i do apologize folks uh we, i had a freeze up here on the computer so that's why you saw a lot of my stuff showing up on the screen there uh, and i'm trying to fix this other uh, to bring this up would you say that uh, when you're when you're talking about that kind of stuff that when we have that, how bad is your batch.com or whatever it is? I forget who put that up. Who Was that the guy who used to work for Gates? Or was that uh, uh, the um, Van Bosch or, uh, or or the other guy? I forget the other guy's name. He put up that so you, you could tell if you had the shot how toxic it was. And they went from basically a placebo to this thing that was like designed to kill you. I mean, it was just an overload of toxins which I guess is what the majority of deaths that we've seen have gotten. And then you get people in between. They're trying to see how much graphene can we put, how much of this other poison and other things. Because Dr. Kerry Madej gave me three sheets worth of stuff they found in the kids' shot, uh, the, the Pfizer kids' shot. And I forget how many of them, six or seven or eight of them, were like weaponized things that were in that They had literally... I don't remember seeing kitchen sink in there, but I'm pretty sure they had parts of that in there as well. Let me play this other, let me play this little video. It, it, this is going to take us almost to the close of the show. Let me play this video that, that Kate had sent, and uh, I want you guys to pay attention to what, uh, what it has to say. Take a listen. Can't hear it, Tim. Okay, it's it's coming up. I don't know why it's not uh, showing, but uh, well, that's weird. Okay, all right. Hi, so uh, there must be something. Toxic World, co-founder of the British Nursing Alliance. This is her talking, but uh, oh, we don't have no video. Okay, so I'm gonna have to. Okay, so let me just back up. It must be that Telegram is protecting the video from going out on the stream. Um, so that's that's my fault. I was going to play that. What do you make out of, of, of what I what I just gave you there, uh, Neil? As far as what's going on with all of this, and I want to ask another question because we haven't even got to this calling of the elderly and the disabled. Uh, you know, Kate, you were telling me this stuff. You were almost in tears 
from the stuff mm-hmm. you were finding out from uh, you know the past in Germany. I'd never heard these stories about the guillotine. And what what struck my mind was being in the alternative media. I remember back in the days of the usurper Barack Hussein Obama Satoru Sabarka. People were coming out with these stories that there were 30,000 guillotines here in the U.S. They had been purchased. I think I saw a purchase receipt for something like that. That was as far as I saw. I looked everywhere for any kind of documentation that these things were being used. That they And, and I can't even be sure that because the Bible says you have two or three witnesses confirm the matter. So I only had this one thing. Um, and they were being going to go to these FEMA camps. The guy and his fam, uh, the guy who was developing this, this film... Uh, called Gray State. Uh, he gave a trailer in which the guillotine was right at the end, uh, dealing with people who wouldn't take this this uh, stamp, this mark on their hand, or whatever. And again, it, it was like, okay, I, I see it and all, but where's the evidence? You know, I'm not into trying to scare people to scare people. If I give you information and it scares you, well, that's on you. I'm giving you information to act. It's like, I want to ask the question of the people. If you won't deal with an abortion clinic that is murdering, beheading, dismembering the most innocent, helpless human beings on the face of the earth, if you won't get out there and stop it like the guys did, the sodomites in Judges 19 and 20, if you won't do that then, Will you stand up when they're killing off your mother and father, your grandmother and your grandfather? I'm going to tell you, if I see that, I mean, I hear it going on in the news, but I don't know anybody that's happening to. If I see that, I'm just going to tell you there's going to be a problem here in the Brown House, and it may yeah. result in my own incarceration, death, whatever. But when I, if I see that and I know that to be true, I can't sit back and just say, well, this is, this is happening here and I just have to let it happen because it's government. No, that's not what God has called us to do. He has called us to take uh, and to preserve life. That is the, the positive aspect of you shall not kill. And if that puts me on a domestic terrorist list, fine, that's fine. But the fact of the matter is we're called to love our fellow man. And part of that love is to stop people from killing them. How much more information do you have to have to get people together like Abraham did uh, to go have 300, more than 300 men in his own house, the father of the faith, that's what Hebrews speaks of him as, to go and deal with the criminals who kidnapped his nephew and to go deal with them and win the day and come back and meet Melchizedek. Uh, I know I'm going to a long spill here, but Melchizedek, who is a picture of the Christ, the king and the priest who serves wine and bread to him, and he gives 10% of the spoils to him. Oh, my goodness. If that isn't a picture of what it is to be godly, and everybody thinks, it's, well, I, I just need to pray, and I need to go to church. Well, you do need to pray, and you do need to go to church, but you need to be those who are filled with the Spirit, even as Samson was, to tackle the Philistines, whether it was with the jawbone of an ass or was it with him pushing the pillars over and destroying the enemies of God. You've got to be that person, too, and... We don't hear a lot of that, and I don't know why we're seeing all the information. Kate, you bring it every week. I'm doing it out there. Neil, you're doing it. Why is there no action other than just we're raising our voices? There, there has well, to be because, more. There has to be a next step to that to deal with the tyrants here. Yeah, because the likes of 
Kate are critical thinkers, courageous practitioners, the type of practitioner that the system doesn't want. The system wants compliant practitioners who will just follow clinical pathways. And this is something which has come in more and more over the years before COVID. And of course, with COVID, this all uh, accelerated into just having these uh, treatment protocols that included people with, you know, probably 10, 20 years of life ahead of them were suddenly being uh, euthanized. And I feel very, very disillusioned, even with all my skepticism and pessimism about <laughs> the way things are in society. I was still quite, I find it very disturbing just how doctors and nurses have gone along with this mm -hmm. uh, demonstrable evil. And I, I, I'm reading a book at the moment, uh, Tim, by a chap called Simon Elmer, uh, called The Road to Fascism. And he's a man of sort of socialist um, bent, and he is exasperated with with the with the left for being very very keen on all this um, lockdown and um, vaccine tyranny. And it, if I could just read two sentences from his book, please, uh, just to close, because I think this is this tells you a lot, and I think I'm sure Kate will agree with this. He says, "The collaboration of the medical profession in the manufactured health crisis has shown that behind their masks and coloured smocks, doctors and nurses." are skilled technicians and nothing more and with very few and honorable exceptions do not have the time the education the disposition or the intellectual capacity to make judgments about the efficacy necessity uh, of consequences of restrictions and programs that have laid the foundations for the global biosecurity state the absurd elevation of the professions in the eyes of the general public to the final arbiters of our politics, laws, rights and freedoms has undoubtedly gone to the heads of many of mm. its members. Mm. They have enjoyed. They have. I, yes, they have. Yeah. Well said. Guys, hang on. I want to hold you over for a little bit if you can hang over and we'll, we'll carry on just a little bit or however long you can stay with us. Guys, finish the interview with us at sonsoflibertymedia.com, beforeitsnews.com or any of the other outlets. Bradley be with you at 3 for two hours. Get with the people of God. Read the Word of God. Exhort one another. We'll see you on Monday, 6 a.m. Lord willing. All right, I want to welcome everybody over from Red State Talk Radio. And you know, Neil, thank you for sharing that. Um, mm. You know, one of the things for me is, is all, I mean, this is a passage. I know I feel like a broken record. I, I there's, there's a thing I, Bradley and I have talked and uh, obviously his gifting is a lot different than mine. I've told him, I said, I don't want your gifting. I, I don't want it um, for a number of reasons. I just don't, I can exercise that at times. People know that I exercise that at times. But mostly mine is a, is a teaching gift. I, I know that. I, I know it is. Uh, because that's how I learn myself. And so I reflect how I am. Um, but Psalm 91 is one of the passages to me that has probably in this past three years has become something I've looked to. And, and look, hey, look, if the Lord takes me tomorrow, um, then he takes me. Don't let anybody say it's covid uh, because here's what the Almighty says. Oh, and I don't know why 
I'm having such a problem here. Maybe this is an issue of which it says it's not available. Okay, so I don't know which one this is. So that's not you. Let me let me take and remove this a second, and I want to see if I can add it back in. Uh, maybe this is why we couldn't do that, and I can play the video. Okay, so now we can do it. All right, I'll play your video here in a second, uh, Kate. Let me let me see if I can make an adjustment. We're doing this live here, and I don't I didn't change anything, so uh, this is this is part of the problem of what we what we got here. So let me stretch this out. Let me send this down so we get everything going the way it's supposed to go. Um, However, whatever it was doing. Okay. All right. So this is Psalm 91. And again, I want to just make this point here. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. If you're scared out there from what you've heard, there's a way not to be scared. There's a way not to be frightened. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. That's Yahweh. That's God. That's your creator. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. Shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge. What is a refuge? It's a place where you go. The city of refuge in the day was when somebody wanted to go and, you know, they thought you were guilty of whatever, murdering their friend or whatever the case may be. You fled there to that city to be protected. All right. He is my refuge and he's my fortress. What is a fortress? It is to guard the people, is it not? You have soldiers all around. What has the Bible told us? That there are angels encamped around the people of God. They're the ones who came and ministered to the Lord Jesus in the midst of his temptation. My God in him will I trust. Well, here's the real, here's where the rubber meets the road. Do you trust God or do you not? Or do you trust what the doctors tell you? Or do you trust what the politicians tell you? Or do you trust what your favorite, you know, leader as you and I put that in quotes, tells you, surely he shall deliver thee. That's God shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler. The, who's the fowler? What's the snare in this situation? The snare is the convids. That that's the trap that's been set for you to come and to take you by means of masks, tests, shots, fraudulently called vaccines and stuff, and from the noisome pestilence. Hmm. He shall cover thee with his feathers. That doesn't mean God's a big chicken. He's given you a picture of how I, how Jesus talked about Jerusalem. He said, I wanted to cover you as, as a hen does her chicks, but you would not. He wanted to take the people who were his and protect them, but he's talking about Jerusalem and he talks about the religious leaders there, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Sanhedrin. You guys were unwilling for me to do that. That's what, that's what he would say in the New Testament according to Psalm. And he says, And under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Oh my goodness. We go back again to the armor of God and what protects us. And then he says, Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday, and I love this right here. Look, this is the promise of God. Is it not a promise of God? A thousand shall fall at thy side and 10,000 at thy right hand. Are we seeing that? Tens of thousands. What was it? 63,000 in England this year between January and March died after having their COVID booster shots. Within 48 days of having them was the average. Okay. 10,000 at their right hand. All of these are going to fall, but it shall not come near thee. 
it shall not come near thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. And what does the Bible tell us the reward of the wicked is? The wages, the payment for sin or lawlessness or breaking God's law, the common law as we understand it, is death. Now you can call me a kook, you can call me a fundamentalist, you can call me whatever you want. I, I don't I don't care. The fact of the matter is the Creator has given us His Word. He's given us the means of protection, that is to hide ourselves in Him. That means you better be in His Word. That means you better be in right relationship with Him, and you're only reconciled to Him through the blood of His Son, the death of His Son, the Lord Jesus. And you receive these things. If you Let me throw this part in. I'm going to lay hands on you guys again. Let me throw this in. I just, Kate sent me the thing for Andrew Tate converting to Islam and saying, what was that, what was that phrase that he gave us uh, here, Kate? I'm going to try to look this up real quick. He said something like, uh, any Christian who believes in good and understands the true battle against evil must convert. And I got my video up, so I'm going to play Kate's thing here. This is Andrew Tate. Here he is doing what Justin Trudeau Castro was doing too. And I'm not trying to be a... Look, if it offends... I know there are some, some Muslim people who listen. I don't try to be offensive to you. That's not what my intent is. But if the truth offends you, then so it be. But here he is doing this thing. And he basically says that the those who want to know the truth and such need to convert. And specifically, he says, Christians. This is the devil talking. And I've warned my boys because they come in, they'll tell me, they listen to a lot of podcasts. They go, he says a lot of stuff. I said, be careful of this guy. I said, he does not promote what the Bible says. He does not promote the truth. He speaks with forked tongue, if you will. If you listen to him, he speaks like that. And you have to be careful of people like this who get a lot of things right. Even a broken clock is right twice a day. But the Bible says they suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Andrew Tate, for whatever truth he speaks, has submitted himself to an antichrist religion. It is a religion that rejects the Christ. Read First and Second John. You'll see what an antichrist is that he came in the flesh, that he gave himself even as those who were eyewitnesses, not some dude who lived 500 years later, who was a pedophile, a murderer, uh, a thief, and all kinds of other things. And yes, even the Islamist apologists know this. You can't buy into that. You have to be discerning about what's going on. And so I wanted to throw that in there. Kate, I can play your video, but I, you know, I don't want to... I control the show. I get that. But I don't want to, like, overlord so, that when I have you guys as guests here. So I want yeah, you no, to respond to that. Minutes. It's a really short video, but it's got the, the information in is spot on, and people need to share it. And I've got all the research. I've got all the – I've even got PubMed studies here. Yeah, well, I, I know you do. So here's what I want to do. Let me play this video, and then I want to get both of you to comment on this, if you don't mind. So I think I've got that. I, I didn't know why the desktop was coming. I haven't changed anything. So uh, let me let me swap this and play this video. I think people will be able to see it now. We'll see. Yep, there there it goes.
I'm Kate Shimaroni, natural nurse in a toxic world, co-founder of the British Nursing Alliance and health and nurse advisor on Sons of Liberty Radio USA on Saturdays at 1pm. You can catch that live on Rumble. This is an urgent report, which I would ask you to share far and wide with every nurse, every patient and every citizen and every parent. First, the National Patient Safety Agency was stopped by the government in 2012. They were instrumental in preventing avoidable deaths from drugs. We no longer have that patient safety agency. There is not one there. There is a contaminated paracetamol on the world market, which has already, in fact, killed babies on two continents in India and Africa. One of the named firms is Atlantic Pharmaceuticals, which is US-based in Georgia, but as its name suggests, it trades with the UK and has a Norwich and Cambridge British base. Furthermore, three Indian firms, generic suppliers of paracetamol worldwide in the baby death scandal, are now open to trade with Britain following a trade deal set up by Liz Truss before she became Prime Minister. Hence, Britain is exposed to this contaminated drug and it should not be used pending thorough investigation as to its source, period. 2.8 million packets came into the UK from India. Following the baby deaths from contaminated paracetamol in a cough medicine, all paracetamol from India requires testing for this contamination. Liz Truss not only added 330 billion to our debt, 2.37 trillion to 2.7 trillion in her failed PM role, but in her foreign commonwealth and developmental role, she opened up Britain to the paracetamol trade with no safety agency in situ. As the MHRA is unfit to practice, following the French Medazlam scandal where packets were in French and the inserts were in French, the safety inserts that were removed and the doctors and nurses then gave it, which they shouldn't have done. Britain is totally exposed to contaminated drugs right now. Another potential source of this contaminated paracetamol that is killing babies across the world if Britain imports paracetamol to give to the elderly in the hospitals, the scare homes, even just getting it over the counter, there's gonna be a huge, huge number more dying. The effects are kidney and liver poisoning on all patients. This is so widely used in geriatric settings. Atlantic Pharmaceuticals, from America was named as a source of, of contaminated paracetamol that killed the babies in a cough medicine. And remember, as I've said, we've got now Atlantic Pharmaceuticals in Norwich and Cambridge. Following direct discussions between the UK's International Trade Secretary, Liz Truss, and her Indian counterpart, Piyush Goyal, the ban was subsequently lifted and the UK government on the 14th of April announced that the government of India had approved the export of 2.8 million packets of paracetamol to the UK, as I've already said. This is a great example of two countries coming together, especially now in a time of need. 
folks, we've seen the morphine and midazolam murders and they're ongoing. And we saw that we bought all the midazolam that France had. Now there's lorazepam coming. If this is contaminated paracetamol and we get to the winter and all the children have been given a flu shot up their noses and the elderly have been given a flu vaccine plus a COVID shot. And we're already told that the hospitals are going to be inundated, that they're opening more rooms. You add to that contaminated paracetamol and we really do have a pandemic on our hands. Please do share this wide and far. You've been listening to myself, Kate Shamarani, and a natural nurse report. You can email me on naturalnurseatmail.com if you wish to be a real nurse, British Nursing Alliance at mail.com, and you can follow us on Telegram. Thank you for listening to this urgent message. Okay. All right. Uh, here's what I want to ask. Uh, Neil, what do you make out of what Kate just said? It seems like this is in line exactly with what you both have been saying at the first of the, of the show here. Well, I think there's all kinds of uh, devices being used um, to uh, reduce the life chances of uh, patients, of people at either end, end of life, from neonates all the way to the elderly. Uh, now, how deliberate and nefarious this is, mm. I, I, I don't know. But I I've, I've would, would certainly take Kate's warning um, very seriously. My, my view would be that if you have a cold or a flu, you should avoid taking any medication. Amen. That's my view. This is how... I've got through, uh, you know, and every now and again, you get a really bad influenza, don't you? I had a, I had a nasty one about three years ago, just before um, the year before COVID. Um, paracetamol is usually the wrong thing to take if you have uh, if you have a cold, because the body's natural response to germs is to raise the temperature. Um, raise the temperature just enough that it will that it will stop the growth of um, the, 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 the the bacteria. It's just one of the things that the immune system does. So what you're best to do is rather than uh, rather than go against your immune system's attempt to re to raise your body temperature, you should help help um your, your your body get you know get tucked up in bed nice and warm yep and and that is the best way to deal with a cold you may want to take some hot drinks with honey and lemon as well that that that, that can help too but um, paracetamol for me is just the, the 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 wrong thing to do now if you have a serious fever then obviously that you, you, you need uh you, you will need medical attention you know, so I, I'm not being so reckless as to say that, <laughs> you know, any r r rise in temperature is, is a good thing. No, um, in extreme cases, if you get a fever, then you, you really need help. But you, your common um, colds and, and, and even influenza, then the, the things to do, you, you have to get through it. Don't you? you can't just magic it away. Um, but there was an old saying, wasn't there? Was it... Um, uh hl mencken that said Stop. um if you have if it if, if you have a, a cold and you treat it it might it might it will go should go away in a week
But if you have a cold and you don't treat it, it might last for seven days. <laughs> <laughs> um, just going back on what Dr. McRae said here. Uh, the advice when I worked at NHS Direct, I was one of the inaugural nurses up in Nottingham. And if a child got a fever, very few babies, children have febrile convulsions. It's very few. And what you do is you strip them off down to their little vests. Even if it's winter, give them a cool drink. You, If you breastfeed, you breastfeed through it. If they're having formula milk, you just feed them the same. Mm. They're not going to vomit all of it up. Um, mm. If it's a toddler, you can make ice lollies out of fresh juice and water, not fluoride water. I always used to have ice lollies in the freezer, fresh ones. And you just give them one of those. They're, the fact that they're sucking, it means they're only going to be getting a small amount of fluid in the stomach at a time. So that stops them from hurling because generally they'll vomit when they've got a temperature. That's why you never buy your children bunk beds because they hurl from a height then and cover a greater distance. Um, so what you do with them is you, you strip them down to their little baby grow. You turn the heating down in your house. You don't put them in a direct draft by putting a fan on them. That's uncomfortable. You just cool the room, give them drinks and let them go through it. It's the body's natural response. And actually, interestingly, to kill a cancer cell, you have to really rack up a good temperature. And one of the reasons, one of the things we see in cancer patients is they can no longer generate a high enough temperature. So they get this low grade pyrexia fever, 37, 5, 8, and they just have this low grade fever and they have a fan on them. Whereas because they're so toxic, the liver is now so toxic and they're deficient in vitamins, minerals and enzymes, which is what you need to rally an immune response to repair DNA that's damaged or cause apoptosis death of that cell. If you don't do that and your body can no longer put your temperature up and no longer bring these fighter cells for an immune response, then what happens is you, you have a cell division and you have a mutation. If that keeps on dividing, then you have a palpable detectable tumor or you have symptoms. So the, the body is very clever. Then what the body does, once the body has done its job, and giving you a really good rip-roaring temperature, you have this period, sometimes it can last a couple of days, where you wake up in a pool of sweat and you're absolutely, utterly drenched. And if you all remember back to your physics, how does evaporation, uh, you know, rapid evaporation of liquid causes cooling? It pulls heat from the surroundings, which is latent heat. So when our body has done its job, and it needs to reset the hypothalamus, which is in the brainstem, which is what controls your heart, your breathing and your temperature. What it does is it makes you perspire lots. So then you draw heat from the surroundings to evaporate that perspiration, which causes cooling. Rapid evaporation draws latent heat. And then when it's done its job and it can take a couple of days, everything's back to normal. So you should not try and suppress a fever like that. You shouldn't do it. Now, some of the cultures that used to um, uh, call NHS Direct, in Nottingham, we had um, very big Asian communities and it was their culture that they would swaddle the baby. They would wrap the baby really, really tightly in, in, a, in a swaddling blanket and cloth. And those were where we used to say, you know, don't do that, um, you know, undress, undress the child. Uh, the other thing is um, some of the people would start to like tepid sponge the child and you must never do that because what happens if you look at your child that's got a temperature or even yourself, you often have almost um, mottled hands and feet, which are very cold. And, and even though you feel, you feel cold and shivery, but you'll be burning hot. You don't touch the forehead. A good indication is you touch the abdomen 
And if the abdomen is really hot, it should only be warm. That's an indication. But the hands and feet might be cold and look mottled. So don't just touch the hand and go, well, they're fine. So what you don't want to be doing is tepid sponging that child down or getting in a cold shower because you're going to shut all your peripheral blood supply. So if you do need to then get that patient to the hospital, you're going to find it very difficult to get venous access if they're going into sepsis where you get um, a a cannula in the arm because you can't get any of those blood vessels because they've all closed down and the blood's retreated. So these are very simple measures. Cool the area give them a cool drink, give them an ice lolly and let them rest. Yeah. Let and and them Kate, rest. Could, perhaps, Kate, perhaps you could um, t- um, explain to the audience what paracetamol is used for in, 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 in respiratory infections. And, uh, you know, I guess you and I would agree that it's something that we should really do without. Well, it what it's for is... They, they use paracetamol because it would, um, in an adult, one gram of paracetamol, which comes as two 500 milligram tablets, will drop the body temperature by one degree, by one mm. degree. Um, so what you what you really, maybe if you're flying off and then we're going to take your temperature at an airport, and you're feeling a bit ropey, you might want to take two paracetamol to get through the, the idiots with the temperature gun. Uh, but what you don't want to do is interfere with that. The other thing is it... it Um, affects that pathway of feeling pain so it's also will stop pain and one of the things that used to happen uh, particularly uh, through the 90s and the early 200s was they they would give neurofen and paracetamol together three doses of neurofen uh, the adult doses I can't remember what the exact dose of that was and four to six doses of paracetamol in a 24-hour period. And that they would say that was as good as morphine. Now, the problem with paracetamol is it's accumulative in the liver. So you only need about eight grams of paracetamol in your liver. Now, that's assuming that you don't drink. You've not got lots of other drugs that you've not also abused, um, drugs you know that that are illicit if you've got anything like that because don't forget we don't show any problems with our liver till we're down to the last third and uh, and that means we've you know two-thirds of our liver have gone and we're told it's the only organ in our bodies that regenerate but all the blood goes through the the liver every three minutes it's the site foreman so everything goes through the liver every three minutes well if you've got if you've taken um over a period of maybe a week, because you felt unwell, the maximum dose of paracetamol, you're very quickly going into toxicity. Now, if you only take eight grams of paracetamol, unless you get into an emergency room, have charcoal and get the antidote, which is Parvalex, within 72 hours, you're going to have liver damage. And this is what actually a lot of the wards, the liver wards are full of. Patients that have overdosed either um, they've meant to do it or they haven't meant to do it. And if you remember the top three causes of death in the UK, one of those is prescription and over-the-counter medication. So when you look how how easy it is to get paracetamol in this country. Now, one of the the chosen drugs for children is a drug called Calpol. And it's a liquid form of paracetamol. But I'm going to say this, and I know this for a fact, I even heard a doctor say it, that when she was on nights, she would give her children cowpole because it has another effect. It's like a sedative. 
makes the child sleep. And um, if you've got a child with a temperature and their, their adults are giving them this cow pole and they're buying it over the counter, that's one thing to think about. Then if they're on any other medication. So when this is over, I think, I think Stuart said over 24%, but it was definitely over 20%, even 24% as contaminated on the market. That's a fifth. That's a fifth. So it's more than that. I think it was almost a quarter. Um, but there are lots of studies on, um, uh, on PubMed. I've got one here. Um, the effects of short-term exposure of paracetamol in the gonads. That's your reproductive organs, your testes, guys. The effects of short-term exposure of paracetamol on the gonads. And what it does, a growing body of literature, this was uh, published in 2020, um, et al, peer-reviewed, you know, they like to tap themselves on the shoulder. We've all peer-reviewed one another. Um, a growing body of literature suggests that pharmaceutical contamination poses an increasing risk to marine ecosystems. Paracetamol or acetaminophen is the most widely used medicine in the world and has been detected in seawater. Here we present the results of seven days exposure of blue muscled adults. So they're showing you, now this is, gets interesting. The mRNA expression of, and it gives these things, in muscle gonads present different patterns of down regulation. Remember your genes can be upregulated or downregulated depending on what they are exposed to. Do not read any of that garbage out there about, oh, 90% of our DNA is junk. That's garbage. That's true. That's true. Yep. Total. Uh, monkeys are only, what is it, a couple of percent different to us. The creator put everything in us Darwin, for a reason. Darwin, yeah. Darwin's theory of evolution. The clues yep. in the title theory. <laughs> there. Um, Kate, Anyways, can, can you can you do something real quick? Can you give the spelling of what you meant of a cowpole? We've got a question about that. They want to look it up. Cowpole. Cowpole. C A L P O L. Okay. Cowpole. Thank you. So what you what you've got, you see, it's a problem because you get parents and Dr. McCray will say this. They'll go to the hospital with their child or as an adult, and they won't have to go to the pharmacy to buy this. The, the TTOs, the take-home medication from A&E or from these walking centers, they'll give you paracetamol. And I've heard many, many nurses say, and doctors, it's only paracetamol. It's only paracetamol. Well, when you think a dose for an adult, for myself, Dr. McRae, is a dose would be two times 500 milligrams, 1,000 milligrams in a gram. So one gram of paracetamol is a dose. And it only takes eight doses to kill you if you took them all at once that's assuming you've got a good liver it's not only paracetamol it's a very very dangerous drug now you bring in contaminated paracetamol then you bring in the fact that the nurses are saying it's only paracetamol and you've got a big problem on your hands a big big problem and um you know, we, we had another thing in this country where the, the Nurofen is enteric coated. It's covered in a sugar coating and it was red and white. It was white then with red on the inside. And these came in lovely little attractive little long foil packets that you popped them out of the bubble. And they were selling these in the supermarkets at the end of the aisle 
where the checkout is and in cinemas where the sweets were. Now, when is a woman most distracted when she's going through the checkout with a trolley of groceries and Johnny's whining, I'm hungry. Mary's whining, I need a wee, I need a poo. And she's stressed because she's got every rat bag granny behind tutting. Hurry up. And so they get dead stressed. And what was happening was children were taking these and they were eating them. And you don't show any signs of that until you have a massive gastric bleed. And this is what was happening with children. So these are non-prescription medications that you can purchase over the counter. And these were sold. I myself, during those times, which was in the late 90s and the early 200s, I took it upon myself to write to a, a particular store that's very big because they were doing just that and a chain of cinemas. I went to the head office and the CEOs. I've always been a thorn in people's backsides for that very reason. And it, I did actually start to see it lift out the cinemas. And when, when I went to them and I saw it, I would report that cinema and get the manager. So this is very, very scary when there's contaminated paracetamol. Very scary because as I've just said, when you get liver damage, if you don't get the antidote, now let's say, let's say, let's, let's give you a scenario here. Bob goes home, he has his COVID shot, his booster, because he believes his government loves him and he's frightened of dying because he doesn't know the Lord and thinks he's going to live forever, whatever. He takes his booster shot in his arm and the nurse goes, get any headache or any tenderness in your arm, it's quite safe. Go home, take a couple of paracetamol and go to bed. As Dr. McRae said, you feel wretched, you go get into bed, you put your duvet over you. Let's say he wakes up and he goes, oh, I feel terrible. He takes some more paracetamol and some more paracetamol. He's had his COVID shot. And he says to his wife, oh, just leave me. This isn't doing the trick. Now, let's say he keeps eating that paracetamol. Then he gets up. He doesn't feel too good. Three, four days have passed. He's really feeling unwell now. He checks out in the mirror, jaundice. Jaundice. He goes to his doctor. I've got jaundice. Have you have you had your COVID shot? Because everything causes everything apparently in COVID. I'm not surprised if Jordan will be in there. Do you see what happens here? Do you know one of the reasons that you should never piggyback drugs is because you do not know which drug is causing the problem. And this is what happens in our hospitals in the UK. Patients will go to the hospital having finished a course of medication. And then they've been given a different course of medication, which has com- it's competed for the receptor sites that have the old drug still bound to them inactive. Along comes the new drug, displaces that drug they took a couple of weeks ago off the receptor sites. Now they've got an amount in their blood that's overdose level. And they get overdosed several weeks later. This gets missed all the time in the emergency rooms. So now you've got a quagmire, paracetamol, COVID shots, whatever else they've been taking. And now we've got war rooms coming. I just see a disaster on a magnitude yeah. that people aren't expecting. An, an orchestrated disaster at that. Let me, let me throw this in here, and then I want to ask you guys if each of you will kind of comment on this, because we... <clears throat> we kind of led this off with the calling of the elderly. And I know, Kate, we, you and I have talked, we don't like using the term elderly. We like 
you know, vintage, vintage. Uh, mature. <laughs> I like mature because the Bible talks about the hoary head, and I don't have one. My beard is that. My my, my hair is a different color. The the hoary head is wise, and we've been taught. Uh, you know, our cultures are are being overrun by foolish people who are young who tell us don't listen to the elderly. They're kind of like you know when. Uh, in the Old Testament, when the king was told, uh, you know, you need to listen to the wise men, those men who've been through things, listen to them. And instead, he brought all of his young friends around and he oppressed the people and they hated him for it. Um, there's wisdom with age, at least the majority of people. I know there's some foolish older people out there, too. I get that. But we've talked about the calling of the elderly. And I don't want to just talk about it. I don't want to I want to say um, you know, this is happening to them. It's really bad, blah, blah, blah. What is our responsibility as young people? And this is what I see. And then I want you guys to comment on what you're seeing there. This comes from Ephesians chapter six, which is just reiterating what we read in Exodus 20, which was the command of God. Children, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. So whether you got Christian parents or non-Christian parents, you are to obey them. And the idea as long as they are in the Lord, parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Now, he's saying this in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, it said, you know, that your days may be long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Here he says that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. So he tells them that. And we read Jesus' words. People say, oh, Jesus did away with the death penalty. Nonsense. He was the perfect son of God. He kept the law perfectly. He would not have violated God's law. He would not have rejected God's punishments or justice or any of that. We read in Mark chapter 7 where he's addressing these uh, Pharisees who took their money and they said that it, it was, I'll read the passage just so people see it. Howbeit in vain did they worship me. This is from Mark chapter 7, verse 7. Uh, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. So again, you're either going to serve the beast, which is the commandments of men, or you're going to serve God and his commandments. For laying aside the commandment of God, ye hold the tradition of men. And what is that? He's going to tell us in a minute. As the washing of pots and cups, you're, you're going through the ceremonies and all, and many other such like things ye do. And he said unto them, Full well ye reject the commandment of God, that ye may keep your tradition, your own tradition. For Moses said, Honor thy father and thy mother. And he's, he's referencing Moses, but God is the one who gave him the commandment. He wrote it in stone. And whoso curseth his mother, father or mother, let him die the death. Jesus reaffirmed the death penalty for dishonoring your mother. And he's not talking about little kids who are acting up. or He's talking about grown people, adults who are accountable. Uh, and then he says, but ye say, if a man shall say to his father or mother, it is Corban. In other words, I have set it aside. I've set aside my tithe, my monies, my produce, all of this uh, to God, and I can't give it to you. That is to say, a gift by whatsoever thou may, mightest be profited by me, he shall be free. And ye suffer him no more to do aught for his mother or, or for his father or his mother, making the word of God, the command of God, which is honor your father and mother, None of none effect through your tradition of saying, I'm going to make it Corbin. Can't give it to you, mom and dad, because I've given it to God because I'm such a spiritual guy, which you have delivered to many such like things do uh, ye. Now, that's what Jesus says. What happens when mom and dad's life are on the line and you've got these mass doctors, uh, these sorcerers, who are pushing the things that you're talking about here, the Madazalam and all this other that you've talked about for some time? 
what is the what is the child? What is the responsibility of the child? I see what Jesus says it is. It's to step in and to interpose themselves, even if it costs them their life, for their mother and father. What say you guys? Well, uh, uh, something that was very noticeable at the outset of the uh, um, scandemic, if you like, is that there were very very clear age differences in the reaction to COVID-19. And you saw this uh, very, very clearly on the, the protests in London, for example. Uh, the people who were out on those protests in the early days, and, it, and it's, remained, uh, a, 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 it's remained a noticeable phenomenon, is that the, the, the age of people out on the protests tended to be people in their 40s and 50s, around that age group. Mm. These are people that have been brought up in, you know, the comforts of a, you know, uh, decades of, of, of peace, of gradually uh, improving uh, living standards and, and, and knowing their rights. Those are the people their, who are living in the shade of those who planted the trees before them, right? Mm. Yes, yes. Now, they were sandwiched in the middle between two other age groups who were fully going along with the COVID regime. The younger people for whom this was a morality thing, especially when the vaccines came along, you know, um, it, it, out uh, doing uh, protests against the vaccine, very, very frequently you'd have young people shouting at you, you know, because you're a bad person. You're, it's not just that you're wrong by being an anti-vaxxer, you're, you're actually immoral. You know, this is a whole sort of woke ideology of the uh, younger generations that they've been brought up on. At the upper end of the age spectrum is the uh, older people, elders, elderly, whatever word we, we, we use. And unfortunately, they fell uh, hook, line and sinker for the COVID regime because these are people that have been brought up, unlike people in their 40s and 50s, who'd sort of had a bit of the 60s and 70s kind of uh, uh, irreverent, critical culture. Um, older people had gr have grown up to believe that the government is basically working for them, even if they get things wrong, that the intention is to do well for, the, for society. Uh, they believe the BBC. They believe what they're told in their in their chosen newspaper, whether it's a Daily Mail or The Guardian. And they just go along with, they went along with the narrative and continue to do so now. And that makes it very challenging to answer your question, Tim, is what do I do? So I am the only person in my family who uh, can see through what's going on. The only one, and I've got uh, three siblings and my two parents. And I am the black sheep of my family because I, 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 I resist and um, I, I'm a dissident of, of this uh, regime. How do I encourage or rather discourage my parents from carrying on with these endless jabs? Well, it's, it's pointless me even trying with my father because he believes that the, in, he's up in Scotland. So he believes that the Scottish um, government um, uh, health expert tells you everything that you need to know. 
yeah so of course they're saying go and get your fifth uh jab which i'm sure he, he's had my mother is a bit easier and, and i'm sure that lots of families lots of people listening in will have similar experiences to this is that my mother she won't listen to me that when i say that these vaccines are dangerous are ineffectual and dangerous she won't listen to me but what she will listen to is what her own body is telling her and she had nasty reaction mm. to both of her first two doses now my father her husband will be saying oh don't be silly you need to take this this vaccine because you know the covid's going to be even worse this winter such and such um, but she will listen to her own body and i'm afraid to say to him that that is our is our best bet and it's a really um it's not the way that we want people to learn but the the, the loudest message will come from their own bodies that's yeah. how they'll learn and you can see the result in our favor the number of people in the uk going for their i think it's the fifth dose now um, is down to about it, it's something like 10 15 percent or something like that so it's gone it's way way down despite them pushing it and, and they'll obviously get that number up quite a lot over the winter they'll be scaring people more and more but the number of people refusing these injections is increasing all the time and we are now the majority amen amen you you were talking about listening to the body and i i uh, and and learning from that, and I think about this thing that my dad used to say. Of course, he used it in the terms of discipline, but I do think there's a way in which God disciplines those he loves, um, because the Bible says he does that. If he doesn't discipline you, then you're illegitimate children. You're bastards. I mean, that would be the term that we've used. They're illegitimate children. But he used to say, a hard head makes for a soft bottom. <laughs> and he was talking about the spankings that he would give. My dad would give the spankings with a hickory stick, which he would make you pick. Uh, and if you came in with one this long, he went and got one that had a little bit of strike to it or, or, or a belt. You know, and I, I'm, I'm grateful that my father would discipline me and correct me. It probably kept me from being just a, a degenerate twice or three times of what I was. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. But I think I see what you're saying that here's mom. She can see that even though she might not buy everything that you're saying, she can see, wait a minute, I took that and it made me feel horrible. And this is what I've taught with my own mother who has, who's been diagnosed with Parkinson's. She said, I'm taking that medicine. It makes me feel kind of bad. And I'm like, well, then why do you take it? Isn't it post, isn't it supposed to make you feel good? Isn't it post like uh, D, D Manny Mitchell that we had on, isn't the medication supposed to treat you? Isn't it supposed to correct you? Isn't it supposed to help you? And in turn, what it's doing is it's really bringing harm to them. Kate, you had something you want to say? Yeah, I, uh, interestingly, you know, I follow these, uh, they're not even, I follow these actual publications where we are taught uh, as nurses, you know, we can, we can do some learning activity on here. And um, I, I'm just going to pull it up here. Uh, I've, I've written on it. I've put, this is uh, probably, I've wrote something really, you know, rude on there about how rubbish it is so in one of these training magazines and training websites it's telling the nurses that um you know and the doctors that an indication that the covid shot is really working 
is when you get these really high levels of antibodies and you feel unwell. And this is what the doctors and the nurses are relaying to their patients, which is the complete opposite of what Dr. McRae's just said. Uh, and I'm just saying that must be really hard for you and your whole family uh, believes it. At least I've got a few on my team. That, but um, it's, um, you know, when you when you look, what they're actually saying to the patient is don't worry about feeling unwell. That just means it's working. And it's like the Chinese whispers of the nutters. Um, there's, they talk about follow the science, but we're not actually following the science. We're following the Chinese whispers. Because if we were following the science, nobody would be ever having any vaccine because that's right. that's no right. vaccine has never been proven safe or effective or tested together. That's why no one will take you into court when you say it, because they can't prove what you're saying is wrong. But what they do when they bring the literature to the table, it will prove what I'm saying is correct. So they're teaching them to say this. So they're relaying this to the patient. Don't worry about feeling ill. But of course, what's happening is as the patient is having more and more of these and they're having that antibody response because they've now got antibodies. So when you come in with the next spike protein shot, they're having another antibody response. And these spike proteins are in all the organs. And that's not to mention all the other toxins that are in there. I mean, aluminium alone pushes down your macrophages, pushes down your monocytes, your lymphocytes, your leukocytes, but accelerates your cytokine response. Lots of literature, lots of studies on PubMed about that. Um, then you put in all your, your graphene and everything else. It's, it's crazy. Sorry. So I just arrived um, with, with food. dinner party later. Um, so what's actually happening is you've got the, the nurses giving misinformation to the patients. Now, Dr. McCray will tell you right now that if you have a patient who takes a drug and has an extreme response to that drug, that's classed as a side effect and you would report it to the yellow card reporting scheme, which is our, our uh, thanks, our, our VAERS. So what's actually happening is the doctors and the nurses are not only being deterred from reporting this, the patients are being deterred from reporting this. They've changed the sheets that some of the paramedics and the doctors are filling in and the nurses so that there is no space on there for asking when somebody goes into hospital with an extreme response, you know, you typically, have you been ill in the lab? What have you had? You go through, you know, if they're feeling unwell, you would ask if you had any recent vaccinations. That's been removed from the forms. It's been removed. So this is where it's, it's like, you know, eventually when you act like a skunk, someone will get wind of you. Yes, <laughs> How much you try and dress that skunk up in a different... It's like, it's, I'm sorry to say this, it's gross, but you can be in a room with a lot of people and you might think that you've just cut one of those gas things out your rear, which is normal from the tablet. <laughs> and you might think because it was quiet, no one's heard it. But eventually that gas will permeate all four corners of that room <laughs> and somebody is going to own it. And this is what's happening now. That gas is seeping into all four corners and they can't keep a lid on it. Yeah, And that's why that's I, I didn't realize that was the figures. That made me smile. I think it's great that less and less people uh, are having it. I just want to say this. In 2020, there were 11 deaths of children aged 28 days to 15 years 
where the underlying cause was put down as the novel coronavirus. Well, that could be a cold and they could be children that have got, you know, disabilities or already got pre-existing health conditions or they might have been born if they're 28 days. On the back of that 28 children in England and Wales was where they said children needed to have this COVID shot, mm, mm. which is utterly, utterly outrageous. Yeah. And that- Kate, let's let's take and rest. <laughs> I'm still cracking up that because I'm picturing Kate over in the side of the room, just kind of looking at everybody else. Like, did you do that? Did it? Um, that let's. No, let's I, if I'd done it, I would own it. I would own it. I would just say, oh, "There's plenty more where that came from." I eat a diet rich in oh. green juices and pulses, and uh, and we have this thing, don't we, where nobody can talk about pee poop or or um, you know backside burps because it's rude and yet from the mouth to the anus is one big pipe and we've all got one and it is a normal byproduct of metabolism so for all those people who say i don't do that lying and at the end of the day you must have an awful lot of shoulder pain with all that gas under your oh my goodness oh my face hurts from laughing um yeah i'm gonna have to use that backside burp so i have to use that with my nine-year-old he oh anyway here's what i want to (laughs) do let's give each of you a final uh word of exhortation let's close things out here you ought to see the chat it's really oh it's funny anyway i'm gonna give uh let's turn it over to neil and then kate if you'll close us out uh a final word of exhortation in that and, and i want it to be on a positive scale not they're doing all this bad stuff and this that we we know that we've elaborated on that what's some positive things that people can be yeah. doing in this moment here because i i don't like people i don't like people leaving them with well, the bad guys are doing this to us, and it sounds like they're winning the day. They can only win the day as long as David doesn't step up to Goliath and say, I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord. And I think that's what we've got to do. Come in the name of the Lord Jesus. I want to make it clear who I'm talking about. I'm not saying the creator as though you know he's the, he's the creator, the Islamist reference, or the Hindus reference, or whoever references him. I'm talking about the one who made all things, John 1, 1, the word who was made flesh, the Lord Jesus. We come to you in his name. What is the positive things that you guys see practically that the people who have their eyes open, the black sheep, it's funny you mentioned that, Neil, because people are already making mention of black sheep in the chat that they are the same thing. What are some positive things that some people can be uh, doing right now, right here, to where they can interpose themselves, at least attempt to interpose themselves, on behalf of those who've been blinded, uh, who are being taken advantage of, who are being culled, we're using that term, who are being murdered in front of us. And then, Kate, if you'll finish up after him, that'd be great. Yeah. Well, awareness is the precursor to resistance. And, and all along, there's been you know, 10 to 20 percent of us who uh, immediately uh, resisted the COVID regime and our numbers have gradually grown, steadily grown over time. And awareness means not just being uh, aware of the, the, the dangers of um, the COVID vaccines uh, and other interventions, there also needs to be awareness that we have been living through two and a half years of crimes against humanity. Mm. And 
although it's very much a Christian principle of um, forgiveness, we, mu we must not forget what's been done to us in the name of this COVID-19 um, scamdemic. We, we must not forget and we must uh, keep our own personal records of what happened to us individually, our own experiences. And those of us who are involved in, in, in the media um, and, and researchers should keep more general records of the things that were done and said. And of course, that's something that Kate is very good at doing. Amen. Um, I, I'm on Gab and I uh, have a, 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 a rogues gallery. Um, I have a, a sort of template of uh, wanted for crimes against humanity. And I, I've just done about 100 of these. I've just put them up on Gab. Uh, if anyone wants to see them there, I'm Dr. Underscore Neil Underscore McRae at Gab.com. And it's just my personal um, selection of the people who have done wrong to us over the last two and a half years. People in the media, politicians, doctors, um, uh, you know, all, all those that have really pushed the COVID uh, tyranny because these people need to be brought to justice. We need to see justice done. At the moment, it's too early. You know, I, I, don't, I don't picture uh, any, anyone being arrested uh, uh, at the moment for, for the, these, uh, you know, for a, a big sort of Nuremberg style trial. But I, I, I think it needs to happen. It needs to happen or else we're very prone to even worse things. That's exactly right. In, in future. Um, what we do see a little bit of rowing back now. You know, you see like Piers Morgan, for example, uh, saying that he, he, uh, he didn't really support lockdown and that he was only going on the facts that were available at the time about vaccines. And now that he realizes that they don't stop transmission, that... Um, um, you know, we've only just found that out now. So, um, you know, so there, there is some rowing back, but the, the people that really perpetrated these crimes, um, that I think people need to have faith that there will be justice. And I think yeah. that in, in some ways that's, uh, that's a, that, that, that may sound like a negative rather than a positive message, you know, that we, you know, because a positive message might be, you know, let, it's let, a let, biblical, let, let, Neil, it's a biblical, um, yeah, it's a biblical message. We, it is a very positive message. There's no doubt about it. Thank you. Yes. Wonderful. That was great. And you know what? Uh, I'm just getting my list together because Piers Morgan slagged me off and that's online bullying. That'll be the Daily Mail, the NMC, all the celebrities, everybody that named me. Even Keir Starmer named me, mm -hmm. uh, Sadiq Khan, uh, Pretty Patel. Yep, they all named me. They all went through it all. And um, I'm not keeping score, but, you know, there, I, I know for a fact that some of the stuff that goes through, this is why uh, a lot of the stories, the press can't roll with it with politicians and rich people because they've got big lawyers. But there will come a point in the future where I'm going to go for it. And you never know, I might get a nice, big, massive, fat payout. Anyway, I can't add to what Dr. McRae said, but this is what I am going to say, because he said, this is why I like it coming on. He's like the, the posh bloke 
sinking man bloke and I'm just the big <laughs> woman out there at this side um, but um and 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 I am when people said that I was really loud about it that is what I'm like I'm passionate when something's afoot and I know it's wrong I, I'm one of those women you know don't ever get on the wrong side of me I'm a nightmare um so one of the things is turn your tv off stop looking in the newspapers they're garbage start thinking how am I going to stay warm how am I going to feed myself um, I'm just about to grow my own garlic. That's the first thing. And start getting with your people and start hugging and laughing. And, and I'm not, you know, all of this about the spike proteins from the vaccines are, uh, are then going on to the people who are not vaccinated. You know what? The media and the alternative media often are two wings of the same bird. They're look, looking for sensationalism yep. as well. And just because something works in a Petri dish, doesn't mean it will work in this human body that was created by our, by our Lord, because you can line up 100 people with a Gatling gun and, and let off a whole big magazine and somebody will survive. Never underestimate the power of the human body and the mind. And everybody knows that one of the best medicines is what? It's laughter. So I'm going to finish with a joke because it's not often you hear my jokes. Oh, so come on. We hear your jokes all the time. We just heard one a little while ago. Yeah, but this one's <laughs> really, really funny. Now this one, I'm going to leave this because it's going to make you laugh. And um, and as this is, you know, you're not supposed to eat these things and it says it in the, the Bible because it's contaminated. Two cowboys are lost in the desert. One cowboy sees a tree that's draped in bacon. A bacon tree. We're saved, he says. He runs to the tree and is shot up with bullets. It wasn't a bacon tree after all. It was a hambush. <laughs> well, I got to say, here's the thing, Kate. At least, your, at least your humor is not that dry British humor where I kind of go, huh? What, what? What did you say? What did you mean? You you guys actually got humor, so I get I get cracked up at that. All right, you know, you know what we when we laugh at something, it releases <laughs> loads of different endorphins in our bodies. The telomeres on the end of our DNA, every time a cell divides, a little bit snaps off. And an indication of aging is that is those telomeres. So there was a study done in the 1960s that what affects that more than anything? It's not your diet, your environment. It's your emotions. Do you feel loved? Do you feel um, like you're accepted? Do you feel joy? Do you feel laughter? And that's why they say laughter is the best medicine. Mm. You know what? They were even putting clowns, yeah. clowns. Yeah. In, the ped in the children's hospitals in the UK, they have a clown that goes around the wards. I mean, they're a bit sinister anyway, but make it at least nice ones that are making balloon animals because it, it's proven to help. So yeah. I, I thought I'd actually leave you with a joke. <laughs> uh, and I thought it was quite good because it's pork and you're not meant to eat it in the bake in the Bible, Tim, and uh, <laughs> the bacon tree. Well, it, it, no, it was funny. I, I thought it was hilarious. I think some people thought it was funny, too. Guys, hang on. I'll say goodbye to you off air. But I do want to end with this. And this is a piece of scripture. And this is what Neil was talking about. Yes, we... I, you know, one of the interesting things that Kate was talking about, about the joy and things of that nature, is we talk, we're told that we have the joy of the Lord being in Him. We're told that He, you know, the Scripture even talks about laughter being good medicine, all this kind of stuff, that it's good for us, all these kind of things. But the justice part, that's the part that's really missing. And, you know, the Bible talks about God sees unjust weights and measurements 
as an abomination. I got some noise going on because we got everybody in the house now. Uh, but it's an abomination before the Lord, unjust weights and measurements. And now I've applied that in the sense of a monetary system of which we're in both in the UK, around the world, here in the US, all this other, this unlawful money that we've got, this fiat money. But it's also in the sense of justice. Now, I'm going to read to you from Isaiah, and I'm going to conclude here with the gospel message. So hang on. Here's what's going to come. Isaiah 59. We roar all like bears, beginning at verse 11, and mourn sore like doves. We look for judgment, but there is none. For salvation, but it is far off from us. For our transgressions are multiplied before thee, and our sins testify against thee. Remember, our sins are transgressions of God's law. For our transgressions are with us, and as for our iniquities, we know them. In transgressing and lying against the Lord, and departing away from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood. And then he says this, And judgment is turned away backward, and justice standeth afar off, for truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. This is what uh, Neil was talking about, about we have to educate people. We have to give them the truth. They're trying to shut the truth down, that spew their lies. The first thing of getting justice is to revive truth out of the streets. And it's coming. It's coming. It really is. A lot of people don't think it is. They're looking at the gloom and doom and this, that, and the other. And look, I don't go the other way with the QA nonsense stuff and think everybody's being executed at Gitmo. That's nonsense. You're being fooled there. But we revive the truth out of the streets and then we bring forth justice you can't bring justice until you bring forth the truth you just can't do it yea truth faileth and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey and the lord saw it and it displeased him that there was no judgment did you get that folks it displeased him who the lord because he saw what was happening and there was no judgment and he saw there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor therefore his arm brought salvation unto him that's god's arm and his righteousness it sustained him for he put on righteousness as a breastplate and an helmet of salvation upon his head does that sound familiar to you yeah ephesians 6 and he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak now, let me, let me bring that to what the gospel message is. Justice is to balance the scales. Why do you see Lady Justice blindfolded? What's she holding there? She's holding scales, isn't she? She's balancing out what the truth is. How, how, does, that, how does that weigh out and bring judgment? That's what's supposed to happen. Let me ask you something. What happened at the cross? The Lord Jesus uttered his final words... To Telestai. Finished. Paid in full. What does the Bible say? What does it say? The wages of sin is death. The soul that, that sins shall surely die. And the scales had to be balanced. God is just. He's not like a man who can just slough it off. He's one who is holy, cannot even bear to look upon sin, lawlessness. And what does he do to his own son? His own son says, Father, I'll go and I'll redeem, I'll purchase back a people for your glory. I will endure the humiliation of being a part of, my, of, my, of our creation. I will endure that. I will live as a man among men and I will live perfectly before you. God said that he listened to his son because he was well pleased in him. 
to the point where even his own creation would turn against him, call for his murder. Let this man's blood be upon us and upon our children is what the Jews cried out to the Romans. And again, that, that tag team match is still going on today. And he went to the cross, not opening his mouth, like a sheep being led to the slaughter, on behalf of sinners such as this guy right here. And he endured it. Why? Because he was going to balance the scales. He was going to show that God was a just and holy God. And he was going to demonstrate his love for sinners just like you and just like me. In enduring the full wrath of God upon himself. The Bible says that he became, the one who knew no sin, became sin on our behalf. That's the Jesus Christ, the real Jesus Christ. And he did it on behalf of his people whom the Father promised him before time began. Let me ask you something. Are you one of those people? Are you still running around playing like you're one of those people? Are you doing the deeds of love that your creator has shown you and said, if you love me, then love others the way I have loved you? Are you doing that? Are you playing around and you name the name of Christ while you're doing the exact opposite of that? That's taking the Lord's name in vain. And the Bible says he will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. The Bible says, repent, turn from that sin. Put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and begin to obey God because you love him. Because you love him. If you really love him, obey him. All right, guys, Bradley be with you at three, two hours today. Uh, SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Get with the people of God. If you don't have a church you can tend to where the guy's not preaching the word of God and they're not seeking to practice it, then get with some, some friends that you're of like mind. Read the word of God out loud. You don't have to sit here and go through a long thing. Read it out loud. Pray together. Encourage one another in the faith. Spur one another on into love and good works. And then, Lord willing, we're going to talk to you <clears throat> on Monday, 6 a.m., Lord willing. See you then.